kids. <laughs> okay, so welcome to the inaugural episode of Brown Kids Mad Witty. Mad Witty. I'm your host, Patricio. I'm your second host, Jay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so we just wanted to open the podcast talking about some rap in the news. Um, my man, Eminem, Marshall Mathers, Slim Shady, has just been popping up out of nowhere, out of obscurity. He finally came down from his castle in Detroit and was like, people, I see you suffering. Listen to me. So um, what we're going to do is just talk about how M has been popping up, um, what that means for his upcoming output, probably get some of our thoughts on what Eminem has been so far, what we expect him to be in the near future. And uh, all that said, okay, enough of the preamble. My man, Jay, can we talk about M? Let's talk about M. Okay. Okay. So first of all, we should probably say Jay and I are big Eminem fans. Anybody who knows us who's listening to this, which is everyone, uh, knows that we love Eminem. <laughs> we love Eminem. Yeah. Um, but we're not going to let that cloud our commentary. You know, I think we're relatively objective. This is it... totally objective. Do you think it's objective? No bias whatsoever. <laughs> like, completely and totally unbiased. Uh, right, right, right. Um, so, okay. That said, Jay, why don't you break down your experience with Eminem up to this point, when he entered your life, what you thought of his output up to this point. You can make it as short or as long as you want. All right. This could get real deep. Make it deep. So let's start from middle school. Okay. The now, year was. I'm, I'm, I'm just playing. Uh, but that is when Eminem entered my life, and that is relevant because my AOL screen name was Eminem 5 Obsession. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that did right. happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as much as it pains me that this is the truth, it is nonetheless that Eminem was my first foray into hip hop. Bums me out because he's a white dude. Very white. But we all know that Eminem's whiteness in a black culture is such an important and relevant topic that I'm sure it will come up at some point during this episode. For sure. Nonetheless, loved the emotional content of the music. Eminem was actually one of the first American artists I was exposed to. So pre-middle school, 100% Bollywood all the time. Post-middle school, lots of Eminem. (laughs) (laughs) That is a radical change. Throw in some Britney Spears and I'm in sync, (laughs) and, and you got middle school J. Uh, it was a confusing time for me. Uh, can I ask a quick question? Um, the fact that Eminem hated the other two American artists that you were listening to, was that a problem for you? It was hilarious. Okay. It was great. Okay, continue. Um, so nonetheless, now let's fast forward. Eminem was my favorite rapper for such a long time. And what he put out, I was obsessed with rhyme schemes. Like I actually thought for a long time, because of Eminem, that hip-hop was only about rhyme schemes. When I was first introduced to another white artist, Atmosphere, I completely discounted him because I was like, yo, this dude's rhyme schemes are whack. This dude doesn't know how to rap. Just, like, dropped him by the wayside. Didn't even give him a second thought. My man Slug. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. But go ahead. I love Slug. Slug, you are my man. (laughs) And you're never going to listen to this. But but you're dope. Uh, but so anyway, Eminem was clearly, it was like he was my entry point into hip-hop um, as a culture and rap as music, and so he's super important to me and the trajectory of my musical interest. And so I always give Eminem a lot of credit, and so there's a lot of love that always goes out toward him for opening my eyes to this. Okay, okay. So how would you, okay, I guess I'll just give my intro real quick. Um, middle school, same time. My first uh, parental advisory album that I owned, that I got with my own money. Um, DMX actually the first one I owned because my dad hooked me up. Uh, (laughs) Shout out to dad for that uh, It's Dark and Hell is Hot album. Changed my life. Uh, I'm not going to bark. If I could, I would. Um, But no, so the um, Slim Shady LP got it ninth grade. And it was perfect timing because I hated my mom at the time. 
And I can't think of another person in this world who hates their mom so intensely as Eminem did. Um, We can address how that might have changed over time. But uh, yeah, at that point, I was really feeling the teen angst. And Eminem was not a teen, but he was pretty angsty. So we connected on that level. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he was talking about deep themes with complex rhyme schemes and vulgarities and being angry just really spoke to a generation. These are the results of a thousand electric volts. A neck with bolts. Nurse were losing him. Check the pulse. A kid who refused to respect the dolls. Wore spectacles with tape frames and a freckled nose. We drive around in million dollar sports cars. While little kids hide this tape from their parents like bad report cards. Outsiders and we suing the courts. Cause we dope as fuck and only get it to in the source. You might see me talking. You might see me walking. You might see me walking in dead rot while a dog with his head chopped off in the park with a spike collar. Hollering at him cause the son of a bitch won't quit. Well, me and Marcus Allen went over to see Nicole When we heard a knock at the door, must have been Ron Gold Jumped behind the door, put the orgy on hold Killed them both and smeared blood on a white Bronco We came home and somebody must have broken the back window And stole two loaded machine guns and both of my trench coats Six sick dreams and picnic scenes Two kids 16 with them 16s and 10 clips each And them shits reach through six kids each And Slim gets blamed and Bill Clint's speech to fix these streets Fuck that! Let me recite to Timothy White Pickets outside, they're gonna scope offices every night What if he's right? I'm just a criminal Making a living off of the world's misery What in the world gives me the right to say what I like And walk around flipping the bird Living the urban life like a white kid from the birds Dreaming at night and screaming at mom Scheming to leave Run away from home and grow to be as evil as me So anyway, so listen to the Slim Shady LP And that changed my life Marshall Mathers Because this all happened way after the albums came out that I bought these This is like 2001, I think And he already dropped two records And Eminem show was coming up Uh, We're not counting Infinite That's not really in a real album Um, Whoa (laughs) Sorry, controversial No, Infinite counts I just never listened to it Um, But so Marshall Mathers LP 2 Oh, sorry, Marshall Mathers LP 1 Getting ahead of myself That's a sequel Spoiler alert Um (laughs) And if you didn't know that existed, <laughs> maybe you need to stop the podcast. Hit pause. Uh, open Spotify or Google Play, if that's your thing. I don't know why it is. Um, search Marshall Mathers LP and put a two at the end. See what pops up. So Anyway, backtracking. Um, those two albums were in rotation for two years because um, the Eminem show didn't drop until 03. Am I right about that? I think it was 02. 02? Okay. In that case, I listened to it. Yeah, from 2000 to 2002, I would listen to those first two albums and just was like, yo, can I get some more stuff? Can I get some more stuff? Eminem, I miss you, bro. And then uh, the video for Without Me dropped, and I was like, yo, it's over. It's over. So that kept me going for another few years. Encore drops, and man. (laughs) Hearts broke. (laughs) Hearts broke across the world when Encore came out. Because we've got three albums, and Infinite, which no one listens to, uh, three albums of just genius. Pure genius. Pure genius, right? I'm not Pure crazy. genius. Okay. And then there was a schism, I think it's fair to say. Um, okay, so I just re-listened to this album yesterday, and the first four songs aren't as bad as I remember. You know, they're they're fine. There, like, there's. I can see he had an idea of what he wanted the album to be, and uh, for those who don't know, it was. So this is post Eminem show when he's at the height of his powers. He's incredibly popular, but he's also crossed over into the mainstream, making pop songs that people like. And Eight Mile has been released and included, arguably the best song of his career. Yes. Lose yourself for those of you that didn't know what I was referencing. <laughs> and if you know Lose Yourself, you know all the words, just because it was played incessantly when you were 14. And really, I mean, his palms were sweaty. <clears throat> they were. You know, we've all been in that moment. We all related to that song. So I think that's why I connected so well. So 8 Mile has come out, and uh, he's <laughs> he's been using a lot of drugs. Is it safe to say he's been using a lot of drugs, Jay? You know, so based on what I know, at the timeline is not totally clear, but around the time of 8 Mile's recording and production was when his drug problem, and per his own admission, likely methadone, uh, which we could get into why that's a huge problem, but we won't. 
Okay, <laughs> we could, but we won't. We don't have time for that. <laughs> we, we we need to keep you engaged the whole time. Yeah, methadone's a whole separate conversation for a different day. We could have a different episode all about. There's probably a whole podcast out there you could listen to that's not this one if you want to learn about methadone. Continue. There <laughs> definitely is, uh, but so Eminem probably picked up his drug problem right around then, and right as he was making arguably some of his most emotional and poignant music i.e. lose yourself mm-hmm. he then dipped he uh dipped. presumably the substances that he was using starting to have a much greater influence on his well-being than even probably he realized right and he vanishes from the public eye for a few years vanished from the public eye and then when he was getting ready i don't know if you remember this patrick but when he was getting ready to release Encore. There was a huge leak. No, I don't remember this at all. Yeah, so a number of songs got released before the album dropped. Ooh. And he was probably upset. <laughs> Artists usually are upset when that happens. It was called Straight From The Lab EP. Oh, I've heard this. Yeah. I didn't know what the... I thought you, that was like a fake internet thing. I don't know that was like a leak. It, it was a fake internet thing, but it was a leak of songs that were probably oh. going to be on Encore. Encore, okay. And so a couple of things were happening. His substance use problem was probably getting worse. This leak happened, which probably took away songs that he wanted to be on Encore, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then a couple of which got put on the, the, bonus, um, the bonus album for Encore. Yes. Um, and... You know, his writing got worse. So much worse. Um, He dropped a song called Ass Like That. (laughs) He did did drop that song. Uh, Well, first of all, let me say I didn't know about the leak because um, I was very poor and didn't have the internet in my life. Plus, it was the early 2000s where that wasn't crazy to not have the internet in your house. Um, so any news that I got was like when I was at someone's house and saw Kurt Loder talking about it for two seconds on MTV. Uh, but that makes a lot of sense. That also explains that sort of second album in the packaging that like has three songs on it, which is a a waste of plastic. Um, the songs are good, but just to put a whole CD out there with those three songs is kind of dumb. Um, so yeah, he did drop a song called Ass Like That on that album. Yeah. And that... So that wasn't the first problematic song. I think it was either my first no. single or Puke. Is when you, it's just you think like, that was the first problematic song? Well, the first song that deviated from the direction he was taking the album. Okay. So, so let's, was, let's like, are we going to dive into this album or should we? Okay, we're not going to do a deep dive, but here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm yeah. going to open this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're really going to look at this track list. I mean, the first track, so after the intro, is Evil Deeds. Yes. The track yes. after that, I think, is Yellow Brick Road. No, Never Enough. <gasps> never Enough, right. Yes. That makes sense. And then Yellow, and Brick, Yellow Road. Brick Road. Right. So he was creating theme, but already... <laughs> all right, so let's just take a second to remember yeah. who Eminem is at this time. Right, <laughs> he is at the top of his game. He's yes. dropped Lose Yourself. He is arguably one of the best lyricists, yes. maybe of all time, but definitely in that moment, he was probably the best lyricist. He's the biggest rapper in the game at this point. Hands and down. He, One of the biggest acts in the world. And he got his ass handed to him by 50 Cent. Okay, that's debatable. 50 Cent does put a pretty decent verse in that song. My flow's untouchable, now you gotta face it. Uh-oh, it gets worse when I go back to the basics. You go say the wrong shit and get your whole face split. The smell of victory, love it so much I can taste it. <laughs> that is a okay. that is a damn good 50 verse. It's a pretty, I mean, and there aren't a lot M's of verse 50 Cent songs. sounds mediocre comparatively okay yes that's fair that's fair i'm not even going to dispute that it, it is by eminem standards it's a mediocre verse and it's a two verse song it is yeah also nate dog's on it rest in peace mm. to nate dog oh rest in peace nate dog every uh, single hook that he did with an m feature at any yes. point was always so, so good dope. oh man um, shout out warrior part two <laughs> warrior part two is um, slept on song, one of my personal favorites from that album. This is the story of a warrior, and now you know it. True warriors, go ahead and make some noise. It ain't nothing to be making niggas paranoid. Hit your corner with my weapon, I don't want my boys. I'm doing a hundred twenty in the fast lane. Kick back, just relax, let me do my thing. Don't give a fuck about you, suckers gotta maintain. Money, power, and respect in this rap game. Um. 
So then it goes into Yellow Brick Road, which is great. I Yeah, I think it's a great song. Uh, you know, maybe a tad misogynistic. <laughs> okay, we're not going to grade each Eminem song and how misogynistic <laughs> they are. We'll be here all night. But, uh, so it goes from Yellow Brick Road to, like, Toy Soldiers, which is oh. one of, I mean, it's one of, maybe the crowning achievement of this album. Right. Um, because it really gives you, if you hate every other song, Yellow Brick Road, or like Toy Soldiers, will tell you at least why he's doing the things that you hate so much. And. Yes, go I, ahead. I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> But so, do you remember the Like Toy Soldiers uh, video. video, right? Yes. So Proof, oh, too Proof real. gets killed. He does get killed in the video. And at the time of the videos dropping, there were articles talking about how other music videos in which famous people have gotten killed end up getting killed in real life. Mm. And then that shit happened. It did happen. It did happen. Although, counterpoint, Jay-Z killed himself in the 99 Problems video and... Jay-Z is still walking around, doing very well for himself. But, you know, people die all the time and uh, have never been in music videos, so that's not really a connection. Yeah. But I hear you. <laughs> I hear you, urban legend-wise. Um, okay, so Toy Soldiers is amazing. Then it goes into Mosh, which, having listened to it again recently, it's not as... Um, it's more impactful than I remembered. Like, it's it's more meaningful, and he says some like harder stuff than I thought. I thought it was like kind of a softer protest song. In hindsight, but having listened to it again, I'm like, no, he's actually saying some real stuff. Um, which is relevant. Which is because relevant. Because people who were surprised by the Eminem freestyle on BET often forget. Set up what the BET freestyle was. Go ahead. All right. All right. If you haven't heard the BET freestyle, <sighs> okay, fine. Maybe you exist. All right. <laughs> they definitely do. So Eminem went on to BET in the midst of a Donald Trump presidency uh, with lots of white anger floating around the world that was being channeled in a few different ways. Mm. And in a very thoughtful and surprisingly nuanced way, did a fucking takedown of Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. And people who were surprised by this immense takedown significantly like or conveniently forgot that the song mosh existed that the song white america existed that eminem does actually have a history of being politically inclined he may not be the most political artist or far from an activist (laughs) that's fair to say yeah but nonetheless has this streak and, and mosh mosh was like a big portion of that streak and why don't you like remind us what was mosh about mosh? because that was a long time ago people don't, long time. people don't even remember who the president was then that's a good point so before we all hated donald trump there was another republican president that we were not very fond of and his name was george w bush and by the way we now praise him yeah which tells you where we are at so if you need to have a refresher of why we were not huge fans of mr bush you should go back and listen to mosh and be like, oh yeah, he was like sending people off to war, uh, a war that was fabricated for political purposes, et cetera, et cetera. So just just go back, give it a listen. Um, but let me just say, okay, so through Mosh, so from curtains up through Mosh, I'm like, okay, it's not the greatest Eminem output, but there is something going here. He's going somewhere. Right. Like and maybe up until there, we're maybe giving this album like what? Maybe like a six, maybe a seven? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Depending on how he sticks to landing, absolutely. Uh, and then it just goes right into puke, <laughs> which literally starts with the sound of someone puking. Okay, very literal song, and it's just about how someone makes him sick. So, if we're gonna talk about how there's gonna we go have rap confessions at the end. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you something: puke is one of my guilty pleasures. Oh no! Okay. The song is okay. The song is terrible. The song is terrible. Uh-huh. Yep. But there is some sentimental value. So uh-huh. there is there is this girl in high school. Whenever I saw her, I would start singing this song. <laughs> she hated it, understandably. <laughs> but it was so much fun for me.
So, okay, so there was a girl in high school who, when you saw her to her face, you would sing puke. Mm-hmm. Wow. Were you a bully in high school? So, so no. I was just having fun. Oh, oh spoken like a bully. Okay. Um, <laughs> that We're going to touch on that in a different episode. We're probably. Uh, be nice to people out there. Just anyone listening, be nice. Um, but this also sort of detracts from our objectivity. Because when you love something in high school, it's it's a little hard to take a step back and be like, that was really stupid. But I am telling you, Puke is a terrible song. Okay. Well, at least Jake and I met that. Right. That's, yeah. That's good. Puke is that's a terrible good. song. My first single is a frustrating song. Oof. Talk about let's, it. Let's, yeah. Let's talk about it. Okay. We, we've done a deep dive into Encore, have, by the but way. But there's a reason for that. It, because it's the halfway point it is, between it, Eminem's it rise and his maybe fall. His, I don't know. A shift in the Eminem trajectory. Exactly. So that's why we're kind of spending time on Encore. It's, in case anyone's like, why are they talking about this terrible album so much? Uh, it's it's really relevant. And it actually hits on one of the comments that Eminem makes in one of the bonus tracks on Relapse, uh, which we'll get to eventually. Um, but so my first single, so when you listen to this song, just the verses, uh, ignore the first half of the third verse, um, and otherwise, you have a song that's actually like lyrically good and on point, and that chorus ruins the whole song. This was supposed to be my first single, but I just fucked that off so. Fuck it, let's all have fun, let's mingle. Slap a bitch and smack a hoe. This was supposed to be my catchy little jingle that you hear on your radio. But shit's about to hit the shingle. Ow, ow, ow. The whole like why? Why didn't he do that? It's it's very frustrating. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I again, I liked it's a sort of a microcosm of the entire album, which is like it's a cool idea, and he's even sort of addressing calling it my first single, sort of addressing this formulaic approach that Eminem has traditionally had in his career of how he releases singles and how his album rollout goes. So the idea of like addressing it on a song is kind of cool, and then like Jay says, it's just like the chorus just kills it, and the second half of the song is like whatever whatever man i think eminem even said whatever in in the song he's just like yeah probably did uh and um okay so from there we go to the paul skit which the paul skits can we just say started out as like kind of cool and then just super contrived and corny and annoying deteriorated quickly yeah yeah um that was a horse that was beaten to death and continued to be beaten um let's let me go- <laughs> hope for no paul skits on revival okay we're gonna get to revival expectations in a second but um i want to talk about rain man because rain man was my high school guilty pleasure <laughs> See, because nope. okay 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 let me just say i'm a huge christopher reeves fan okay and uh, the fact that Eminem had this beef with Christopher Reeves for no reason, okay? Even a posthumous beef with Christopher Reeves just sort of tickled me in a very non-PC sort of way. And, uh, and I like the idea, again, going back to being meta about what Eminem was doing, I thought the song has an idea of like, I'm going to make a whole song. I'm so dope and so popular, I can knowingly make a song that is about nothing. And you will say that it's dope. Because Eminem thought he was a rap god before he called himself a rap god. And I believed it. I was drinking the Kool-Aid. And I'm like, yo, this is actually a really dope idea. And it's a waste of a Dre beat. I can say that now. I still kind of like it, but I admit that it's a dumb song. It, it's my puke. <laughs> okay? Okay. I admitted it. It's my puke, all right? There are multiple wastes of Dre beats on this album. Eminem has wasted years of Dre Big career. Weenie is the next track. It is Big Weenie. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if there's any guilty pleasures here, but Big Weenie is a terrible song. If you want to picture Big Weenie, it's like a banana between two oranges, according to Eminem. Yes. So that's his standard for a Big Weenie. We know that because he put that song out. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Eminem makes a phone call back to Paul. Because we, we weren't just good with albums only having one Paul skit. He needed to call him back for a change. So he calls him. And, uh, and then that transitions into skewering Michael Jackson. Because Ooh. why not? Noise. What else could I possibly do to make noise? I done touched on everything. 
And that surprised, I, I'm obviously he didn't expect him to die uh, not many years after that, but that song has not aged super well. Uh, because if you don't know what Michael Jackson was like towards the end of his life, you won't get any of what he's talking about. So, because the idea of Michael Jackson in the zeitgeist of the music world is the king of pop, hee hee, <laughs> thriller, all that stuff, right? But the, the this very specific pedophilia, childlike, gross-looking uh, dude that Eminem is referring to in the song is it's not something that we conjure when we're thinking of Michael Jackson, especially because he's dead. He wasn't alive long enough during that time for that to erase everything he'd done. So... That's not great. <laughs> and that's really not great. And let's go back to like so thinking about like so Eminem was very formulaic. Um arguably Eminem himself was not formulaic. When you think about Marshall Mathers LP mm-hmm. and the skits on there, mm-hmm. there's good reason to believe that those skits are not fabricated. Right. And that he was forced to write the real Slim Shady. Yes. Um, and so he was made to create a single. And at this point now, he did it for Slim Shady LP. He did it for Marshmallow's LP. He did it for the Eminem show. And so he had to do it for Encore. Right. Um, and so he wrote this song, presumably to fulfill this need. Although right. this whole album could have fulfilled that That's ridiculous need. So for those who don't know, the formula for Eminem's releases was... Silly pop culture song followed by serious, possibly anthemic song, and then album comes out usually, and then he'll just release whatever's hot on the album. Fair to say? Correct. Okay. And yeah, like I said, this was probably this was probably pushed by like Ivine or someone way above M's pay grade. Yes. Just lose it. So up until Encore, without me. The Real Slim Shady and My Name Is are all incredible takes. And not only independently, but even in the context of like the formula he was using were like incredible takes. Yes. Just Lose It was a huge failure. Man. It you get to this point of like, wow, Eminem is not hitting his mark anymore. <laughs> he is making like his pop references in Just Lose It were like years old already. Oh yeah. He oh, was yeah. aged with his references and the references he made were of poor taste and there are no rhyme schemes. I don't know if you remember <laughs> this, but I remember this distinctly cuz I listened to that song and I was like where's the Eminem that I know? Mhm. Mhm. And he's not on that song. But again, this goes back to where Eminem was at the time. He was given so much leeway because of what he'd done. It was like, maybe he's doing this on purpose. Maybe this is a statement on his fame and how ridiculous this whole thing is. He's putting out this song as like a middle finger to the industry. But like, ha ha ha, I can put out this song. Turns out, not so. Not the case. Um, So this goes back to why we're talking about this album. Because Eminem was, his output took a shift, took a downturn. I think he just wanted to throw all the garbage in the middle. Maybe he knew it was garbage, or he wanted people to have a laugh before he got serious again. But so, ass like that comes after that. Oh God, so much pain. Which, which you know, kind of had some novel. Again, if you don't know who Triumph the Insult Comic Dog is, you won't appreciate this song. Any like it was funny for three months when the song was out because Triumph was having a moment. But no one's gonna know. No one knows now what that was no one remembers it's just it's really brutal the fact that that bled over into future releases is just something we'll touch on very briefly in a minute but so it goes from ask like that to spend some time which is sort of just a generic song about you know women being something that eminem doesn't appreciate in his life um and eminem enters his stalkerish role which he goes in and out of on multiple tracks throughout his career Exactly. Uh, blaming it on his Slim Shady alter ego, uh, which is a, probably a whole separate topic. <laughs> I don't know if he... It's a real thing or if it's not. I don't know if he always blames it on that. I think that that... that, that I think that the stalkerish Eminem songs mm-hmm. are more reflections of the internal id of Marshall Mathers. Interesting. And when he kills them, it's Slim Shady. Is that what it is? I don't know. 
We should have, yeah, there's a whole conversation about who's Slim and who is Eminem and who is Marshall and all that sort of stuff. Um, Which notably are the names of his first three albums. Yes, exactly. For those of you listening. <laughs> He's so deep, or he was. Um, okay, so then the rest of the album is relatively serious. He talks about his daughter um, in Mockingbird. He talks about relationships again and Crazy in Love. But again, Crazy in Love was a made-up, like, that was not a real relationship that he had. No. Which is, again, so different for Eminem. Everything that Eminem talked about up until this point in his career was something that he had either personally experienced or was, you know, written as shock rap. But this is a weirdly serious song that's completely fictional. Totally. And you actually touched on something I want to say about his entire post-encore catalog, which is that any relationship song that he makes now is not about himself. And if it is, it's very nonspecific. It's nonspecific enough to connect to everyone. We haven't heard Kim's name in I don't know how long, or whoever's come along since Kim. I guess he's learned his lesson about putting his relationships in the public eye. But I think it's to his detriment because we know Eminem as someone who is so brutally personal that to make songs that are about love or the hardships of love and what you go through it feels almost insincere because it's like, what are you talking about? You're not telling me the whole truth, bro. Like, what, what is this? Like, you don't know my relationship. My relationship isn't like that. I'm not punching somebody. So if you're hitting someone, talk about how you're going through that issue with domestic violence. Like, don't just make it a general thing. of Like, I ball my fist. And uh, like, come on, bro. Keep it real. Keep it real, Am. Which he does not always do anymore. Doesn't keep it real. Um, so anyway, just to wrap up Encore, I can't believe we're still talking about this. There's the obligatory D12 song. Which I will be the first to say, I I think the D12 song on each album is probably like the weakest one. Um, just the members of D12. Like, I, I love the brotherhood of D12. And I love the collective and like even D12 albums I can enjoy because they're all just like goofing off. But because Eminem was killing it so hard, those first couple albums, like when D12 shows up, it's like, oh... No, no. It's like the rest of G Unit hopping on a song, or like Hustle Gang hopping on a song. It's like, nah, we don't want to hear Little C's. We want to hear Biggie. So I'm like, I appreciate you, Little C's, but um, nah. Speaking of though, so firstly, so there's no D12 feature on the Slim Shady LP. There's no true? D12 feature on Marshall Mathers LP. No. What are you talking about? I am 100% sure You're 100% about sure both about of that? those claims. Okay, hold on, um, hold on. And then <laughs> Keep the D12 album, Devil's Night, which, by the way, is a pretty good album overall. It, it's solid. It's it's because it's an Eminem album yes. with a D12 features <laughs> throughout. Uh, and yeah. everyone, everyone knows that. Oh, totally. Um, totally. But which is also why the second D12 album, which is... <laughs> Which is not an Eminem album with D12 features. It's a D12 album with Eminem, with Eminem features. features on it. Yeah, is terrible. Um, but again, also, my band, such a guilty pleasure song. I love that uh, song, but it's it's terrible. It's a terrible uh, song. But that is, I I fall into the category of that being a a guilty uh, pleasure. For the song. record, there is a D12 song on Marshall Mathers LP. It's under the influence. <gasps> that has D12. How did I forget about that? Oh, Amityville too, actually. Um. Right? Yeah, someone's is on Amityville. Amityville? I think. Uh, yeah, Bizarre's on Amityville. Because why not have Bizarre on two songs in your album? Bizarre dropped a guest verse on a Natasha Bedingfield song in like <laughs> 2004. And I don't know what happened to him after that. That was right around the time he was on uh, Celebrity Fit Club. So, so Eminem dropped Encore. It was an underwhelming effort. Yes. To say the least. Yes. Those of us who were Eminem heads at the time really wanted to interpret this in the best light possible. Yep. And it turns out we were wrong. We sold millions of copies of the album, by the way. I th- it's at least platinum, if not diamond. It's, it's many times platinum. Oh, it's many times platinum. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it wrote on the coattails of his most relatable album. Yep. The Eminem show. Absolutely. Um, and then he disappears again because proof is dead. He's on more drugs and just vanishes, has some run-ins with the law, 
and some other custody issues and goes to rehab. And then 2009, I believe, he resurfaces with Relapse. Relapse. And again, okay, we're not going to go into this whole album, but I will just say quickly, I listened to this album again recently, and it, I don't hate it as much as I thought I did. Relapse is better than Encore. That's a, that's a separate question. Uh, but Relapse is not as bad as I thought it was, because again, when you start listening to it, you can tell what he's trying to do. He, it's supposed to be a concept album, and it, it falls apart about halfway through with the concept. The concept is the the character of Eminem or Marshall, I don't know which one it's supposed to be, he does have a relapse, and he becomes Slim Shady again, and relapse is supposed to be like Slim Shady just doing all the Slim Shady things that we have come to know and hate or love, depending on who you are, um, using a lot of homophobic language and uh, hurting women and not caring and having a good time doing that sort of thing. Um, the problem is the sequencing of the album is totally wrong. Again, I'm not going to go super deep, but they're out of order. It could have been a, a great album. He released, what's it called? We we Made You, uh, which is probably the worst single he's ever released. Uh, worse than Just Lose It. Which is uh, saying something. Which is really saying something. Because again, so dated. Even the video is dated. He's dressed up like Homeboy from po- uh, Poison. And uh, Sarah Palin's in there. But it's not really Sarah Palin. It's some model who looks like Sarah Palin with a very large bust. And uh, Barack Obama has already been elected at this point. Uh, it's it's been a year since he was in office, and we're still making Sarah Palin jokes. Um, Tells so, you where Eminem is at. So despite having gotten help, he's he's fallen off. Still, he put out an album that was that received uh, mixed reception. Still won album of the year at the Grammys. That's a whole separate problem. Or not album of the year. Sorry, it won best rap album that year. And uh huh, uh huh, yep. And the plan for those who don't know was to release two albums that year. He was going to release Relapse and Relapse 2. But there were some delays, so he kept recording. By the time he realized what he had, he was like, oh, this is a whole separate album. I'm not going to put out Relapse 2. I'm going to put out Jay's favorite thing in the world. <laughs> recovery <Okay. laughs> comes out a year later. Jay, talk about Recovery really quickly, because we're going to move on. Go ahead. All right. So first of all, not my favorite thing ever. Jay likes it a lot. I think that Recovery is actually underrated. And that Recovery is his best album after his first three efforts. <laughs> so it's his fourth best album? <laughs> it's his fourth best album, which is important. Okay. Because okay. it emphasizes that Encore was not good. Relapse uh-huh. was a step in the right direction after his obtaining sobriety, uh-huh. which speaking on the order it of It should have been a mixtape. I'll just say Relapse should have been a mixtape. It would have been My all Darling was supposed to be the first track on the album. Okay, that's what I thought when I was listening to it. I was like, if this was the opener, that would be so good. And it wasn't. I don't know why. It, it wasn't. was supposed to be. What happened? Who knows? Iveen? Who knows? <laughs> okay. I don't know who makes these calls, but it's not Eminem. Okay. That's a much better opener than Three in the Morning or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's terrible. Oh, yeah. I so mean, if, if you actually. You... If you actually go in mm. and listen to My Darling uh-huh. and listen to the end, the end transitions into. Um, the doctor part? The Dr. Dr. Intro? West intro. Ha uh, That's so weird. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, I'll Wikipedia that later. <laughs> Get to the bottom of that issue. Anyways, so Recovery. So yeah. Recovery came out after Relapse. He... Eminem has said that he does not get on the internet, which is probably a good thing for Eminem because everyone's talking shit about Eminem all of the time on yep. the internet. And we know that affects him. He talks about how critics receive his things and his fans receive his things all the time. So not being on the internet, he hears about it. So I couldn't imagine if he actually had Twitter. Exactly. It would be bad news. So recovery comes out in which he decides to move away from his previous formula. He drops... A uh, mm. serious single as his opening single. He does. Yeah. Not afraid. Um, and the worst I, anthem of MM's career, by the way. I'm just gonna say it's the worst it's, anthem of all the anthems. And he does a lot of anthems. It's not a good around. anthem. Not the best one. It's not a good one. Um. Yeah, it's not a good one. <laughs> he he acknowledges on recovery, uh, the missteps he had with the accent, um, that he used. Throughout all of relapse. Yes, we didn't mention that. The ass like that 
accent is all over relapse for we don't know why <laughs> i don't want to say no reason maybe there was a reason maybe it was the slim shady character took on that whole thing because of the drugs or i don't know I th- but it was it was rampant i think he needed a way to enter hip-hop again without feeling like he had to go up against himself of course he was going to inevitably go up against himself because right. it's an eminem album right but if he used a different voice, then maybe he didn't have to feel like he needed to try to live up to the standard yeah. he had already set for himself. Agreed. It's a theory. Um, so, okay, bring Anyways, home recovery. Recovery is not the best thing in the world. It's but not. I love that he's honest about how far gone he was, that he was thinking about going against Kanye. And let's see. In and two, Lil Wayne, who at the time was the biggest thing. In, Lil in, Wayne had replaced Eminem as the biggest act in hip-hop. And Eminem admitted that he was going to go at him. And can for we no just reason. can we just remind ourselves that in 2017, Lil Wayne is not relevant now? Yo, crazy. Is Eminem relevant? I don't know. We'll discuss that. Um, <laughs> Will we ever get to that question? <laughs> we're going to get there in minute 622. Um, but no. So so basically, recovery comes out, catapults him back into the public eye in a very positive way. Um, critics are mixed on the album, but fans love it. It again wins best rap album at the Grammys. Jay's very surprised by this revelation, but it's true. Um, they love a white rapper. Eminem the Grammy committee loves a white rapper, man. Give your Grammys to different artists, <laughs> and someone give Eminem a Grammy for the Marshall Mathers LP. Word, word. Um, I don't know because I know Twisted Fantasy got like no nominations, and I feel like that was the album that came out that year that should have gotten it. But anyway, no, no, no. Matter. Twisted Cause, Fantasy cause recovery came out in twenty ten. Twisted Fantasy couldn't have been 2010. Twisted Fantasy came out in November of 2010, if I remember correctly. <laughs> don't worry, but don't worry about it. Somebody this will fact check us, and we'll actually. Us. This is a problem. Um, it's a problem. But Watch the Throne got no nominations either. That's what we're. There's a whole separate Kanye Jay Z <laughs> conversation to be had in the future. Um, I just want to wrap this up and say so. Eminem's back in the good graces of everyone else, and we're thinking, okay, this is our dude. He's returned, he's had his fall, and then what does he do? He disappears again. He walks off, goes back up into his castle, and uh, just chills for a minute. And maybe it's because there's no Republican in office. There's no one to rally against. He's like, life is good, I'm raising my kids, I got my money, I'm trying to build this label. Uh, It didn't really work out, Uh, spoiler alert. Shady and Shady 2.0 were not very good. Um, which sucks. We could have had a really cool Slaughterhouse album and we didn't get one. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so then he comes back a couple years later. Sequel time. There's been a trend in hip-hop in the last couple years of making sequels to your greatest album. So Eminem's like, oh yeah, yeah, it organically in the studio was like all these songs I'm making sound kind of like Marshall Mathers LP. So just like, why not call it a sequel? Oh yeah, okay, sure. But anyway, um, so he puts that out. It's a double album. So many songs. There's even a deluxe version with like two extra ones on it. And what double album means in the age of streaming, I don't really know. But it just, I think it just helps you get more streams. I don't even think Eminem was thinking about that because he's so old school. But if, you, if you're out there and you listen to an album that has 18 songs on it in the year 2017, it's because they want the streams. It's not because they had an artistic vision. FYI. Um, side Yo. note, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but Big Crit just dropped a double album. He did, which was a, a there was album. an artistic vision there. There was okay. Crit is exempt for sure. If Kendrick ever drops a double, we'll know what the truth is. Um, but when Metro Boomin <laughs> drops a, a double <laughs> album, just know he wants your money. Oh my um, God. But anyway, so um, so you drops Marshall Mathers LP two. Brief overview, it's it's just raps. All the stuff that Jay was saying was missing from the earlier stuff about rhyme schemes and things. MMLP2 is all rhyme schemes, top to freaking bottom. And if you love raps, you'll love that part of the record. If you're looking for raps plus narrative plus heart, uh, that's not really there. That's not there. There aren't a lot. There are a lot of lyrical levels. There are not a lot of emotional levels to these songs. So this is where Eminem misinterprets what he thought was good about his previous career. Mm-hmm. Is that Eminem has been obsessed with this idea that 
what made him good was his rhyme schemes. Yes. And it added to what was so incredible about Eminem, but it was never the whole picture. And that seems to be something that Eminem has had difficulty getting his mind completely around. Um, as well as the fact that hip hop now has become so much more than just a rap. And Eminem came up at the time of battle raps, of ego brandishing, of I spit the most funny punchline. It's all about being witty, bro. It's all about being witty. And yeah. that is that is not the scene of hip hop in 2017. No, it's not. It's not. And he took it to the next level of like, yeah, I'm still gonna give you those witty punchlines, but they're gonna be dense on dense on dense. And you're gonna be unpacking this for weeks and you're gonna love it. And you know, rap nerds like me and Jay to a certain extent, even though he doesn't love this album as much as I do, uh, love is strong. I enjoy this album more than Jay does because I'm a huge rap nerd and we'll just sit and just like unpack all the things that he says. Like, um, Rhyme or Reason is just like it's a it's a class on different rhyme schemes, man. Just sit and listen to that song three times in a row, it'll change your life. Um, if you plan on being a rapper, if not, you'll be so bored. Um, so he drops that. It again. <laughs> surprise, surprise, wins the Grammy for best rap album. Fuck uh, you, <laughs> Grammys. <laughs> fuck you, and fuck your whiteness. And if we're going to have a conversation about Kanye and Taylor Swift... <laughs> yes. Okay. So all that. Okay. So we just recapped Eminem's entire career. It took us forty-five minutes, <laughs> but and he has apparently won Grammys for all of his worst albums. Yes. Yes. Which is um, the wrong kind of reinforcement for Eminem's behavior, I think, because he says he doesn't care, but he 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 likes that stuff. He does because it's like, yo, I am the best at what I do, and if Eminem wants nothing, he wants to be the best at rapping. He eats, sleeps, and breathes rapping. That is the, all that he knows. That is all he ever does. That's why he's not a part of rap culture. That's not why he's even really a part of American culture outside of rapping. So when he gets a Grammy for Best Rap Album, he's like, oh, yeah. I'm a rap god. <laughs> Which, rap god was on MMLP2. Divisive. Some people on the surface thought that was really dope. And if you listen to it closely, it's not that dope. Which is weird to make a song called Rap God in a song that's not that dope. But he did. But this comes back to what Eminem thinks is important. Exactly. And that song is cray with rhyme schemes and it's cray mm -hmm. with flow. Mm -hmm. And he switches it up mm -hmm. and he does it in all sorts of different ways. And so mm -hmm. like that to him was flexing being a rap god. It's just crazy. It's crazy. He thinks it's that and then believe in yourself anthems. And... Uh, that's not, I mean, Lose Yourself, Lose Yourself, <laughs> Lose Yourself is so good, okay, but it's just, the reason why it's dope is not like, it makes me believe in me. The reason it's dope is because it makes me believe in me, yeah, but you're also telling an incredible story. It's very vivid, the rhyme schemes are there, there's heart to it, there's a narrative art to it, it's part of this awesome body of work that you also have going, it's part of this really cool soundtrack, it's the whole thing. It's very meta, and Eminem didn't take that away from that. It's hilarious because Eminem doesn't realize that the meta piece is so important. And mm -hmm. he do, he does not see the meta right. when he puts this stuff together. Exactly. And maybe that's part of what makes Eminem so valuable is like he is a genius, but did so completely unintentionally. <laughs> it, it does kind of seem that way sometimes. No, no, no. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's definitely that way. Speak on it. Yeah, so the Slim Shady LP, the Marshmallows LP, the Eminem show, those are all a direct result of his personal experience right. and him speaking on that personal experience yes. and him creating an elixir of his different personas and the different personalities and life that he was navigating in that time. And that inherently, because of what he felt like he could and wanted to talk about, inherently created three specific themed albums that happened because of what he was experiencing and had very little to do with what he was planning, uh, which is starkly different from when you think about 
who Kendrick Lamar is and what he has put out and how Kanye has thought about and put out albums. They are extremely calculated and they don't happen by accident. It's true. It's true. And some of Eminem's releases feel like he's saying, okay, it's been long enough. I need to get back to rapping. And that's not really true. What Eminem is supposed to do is get back to living and experiencing things and letting that be reflected in what he says on wax. And that, again, going back to being very generic, hasn't really happened. And I can't say it's because he hasn't lived life. I mean, he's been, I mean, he's gone to rehab, like his daughter is growing up and people aren't his friends anymore. And the industry has changed around him. There's all these things that he could speak on and he doesn't. He has spoken on those things. I think that's part of what the problem is, though, is that he doesn't see or know what to speak on anymore. And this this comes to why the Trump freestyle is so important and so relevant to what we know and appreciate about Eminem. Totally. So BET freestyle dropped. The world um, was ablaze, certainly that night, of like, yo, Eminem, like, seriously called out the president which is kind of strange because it also speaks to how people didn't really listen to some of the things he used to say like he literally said he wanted to see george bush like dead um just saying i'd rather see the president dead it's never been said but a set precedence exactly exactly my man jay knows so um it wasn't crazy to like have him call the president a bitch or something just like on tv like oh my gosh but um it was important because he'd been politically silent for so long it was good to see him come out. And some a lot of the messages in his music appeal to a certain base. And there is a cross-section of that base and Trump supporters. And Eminem addresses that in his freestyle and says, yo, I'm drawing a line in the sand. If you support Donald Trump, F you. Because uh, I don't, I'm not with any of that. So I can't be with you if you're with that. So the world is going crazy. And then everyone's saying, what's Trump going to say? Because Trump responds to everything, right? Wrong. He does not respond to Eminem. To this day, he has not responded to Eminem. We don't know what he thinks about it. I'm sure he's he's heard it. He listens to things. He watches TV constantly. He knows what Eminem said. So that was a few weeks ago, several weeks ago. And the world is waiting. And then Eminem drops his single. Was it last night? What day are we on? This week, he dropped his single. Friday. Walk on Water. Featuring Queen Bee, which was a surprise to everybody on the internet. Queen Bee. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, in it, he didn't address politics again. We don't know where in the album this falls. It might not even be on the album. It could just be, like, the heart part four of just, like, yo, this is what I'm going through. And then Jay shaking his head. He doesn't agree with that, but. He put Rap God on an album. He He is definitely putting the song with Beyonce on his fucking album. Um, that would be, it would be a waste of a feature. I agree. But, um... If it is on the album, it's either an interlude or it's the intro to the album. Because I think he's setting up... He's covering the ground between his last album and this one. Speaking on if he is relevant or not. He's asking the question. He hears people saying, do they care about what he has to say or not? And Jay and I talk about this all the time. of like, Do people care? Because Eminem has not really spoken on what's important to people lately. Because he's been so introspective in a bad way. Focusing so intently on his rap style and scheme and playing with words and playing with sounds, but not playing to what rap is about now, which is about culture and what's going on around you. Do people care what he has to say? So, I, I don't I don't know. What do you think of the single, Jay? So, I loved the single. Okay. I think, it, it's a, to me, it's a parallel to White Privilege Part 2, which was... Written mm. by Macklemore, for those of you that don't know that song. Another white rapper who took a Best Rap Album Grammy he didn't deserve. Yes, uh, he did not deserve that Grammy. Um, as Eminem did not re- deserve any of those Grammys for any of those albums. Yeah. He deserved a Grammy, but that was 10 years ago. <laughs> um, no, that was almost Eminem 20 show, years ago. He deserved it. He got it and he deserved it for Eminem show. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was, he mm-hmm. deserved it and that, he didn't deserve any after that. Uh, but coming back to White Privilege Part 2, um, Macklemore actually speaks fairly poignantly on his position in hip-hop and his position in American culture in a way 
that required a degree of self-awareness that I didn't realize that Macklemore had. This song is that is that moment of self-awareness for Eminem. It is it is him saying out loud all the things people have already been saying about Eminem and all the things that people have been wondering about Eminem. And for him to be able to say that so succinctly and so musically on this track um, was really important to me, and it demonstrated that he does have something to talk about still. And if he is able to appropriately tap into this, he may have an amazing album on his hands. On the other hand, White Privilege Part 2 was one of the few good cuts on the Macklemore <laughs> album, which <Preach>. which goes <laughs> to show that having one self-aware track does not make you a good album. No, it does not. Uh, we don't know when these songs are made. Sometimes they're made in the aftermath of your album being done. And you're just like, oh, shoot, I need to throw something on there. Sometimes it's the first thing to get you going, and then you're like, I need some stuff for the radio, though. And that just snowballs, and you wind up with a pile of garbage. And this is where fuck Ivine and whoever else like tries to dictate what M does now. Yeah. Um, hopefully no one feels the need to micromanage Eminem anymore. Because I mean, he's nine albums in now. He's nine albums in, and like, there's nothing you can do to stop people from streaming Eminem. No. How many streams does that Trump freestyle have? Like 40, 50 million? Like, a lot. A lot. It's not a Bieber single, but it's up there. It's it's doing fine. It's doing fine. Um, and so it just it begs the question of like if Eminem has full creative uh, control over uh-huh. this over this album, then hopefully he's not trying to pander to any audiences anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's um it's weird. I shouldn't say it's weird. Um he has a pattern in his career of doing a lot of songs where he's saying, I'm dope. That's sort of his Sasha Fierce, you know? <laughs> his his Slim Shady slash Eminem personas are his Sasha Fierce, okay? And he's like, yes, I am the best. I am great. And then Marshall Mathers will make a song, and he's like, am I? Like, I, I'm dope, but how dope am I really, though? You know, like, I know I'm good, but am I good enough? Do people like the way that I'm good? Like, what do they think about me? Like, am I still relevant, man? And uh, he's been doing that, but the way he's done it before, it's 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 through the filter of being incredibly popular. So he's he's feeling public pressure to be great because he is great. And this song is different because he's feeling pressure because he doesn't feel the pressure anymore. People aren't waiting with bated breath to like, you know, what is the next Eminem album? Like, they're going to listen to it. Because Eminem is like a pillar of the hip hop community, and he's a white rapper, he's very popular. He has a huge fan base, and he keeps winning Grammys. And he keeps winning Grammys, so you know he's gonna get streams. So you know people will listen, but who is going to listen and who is going to care? So this song, "Walk on Water," is. And I saw a great tweet from Justin Hunt. If you don't know who that is, he's a great um, rap writer. He used to work for Hip Hop DX. But anyway, his tweet was like, "This I love this song because it's like Rabbit Run post." popularity so if you haven't heard rabbit run first of all it's an amazing song off the eight mile soundtrack you need to go listen to it but rabbit run is it's the exact same song as walk on water except it's i'm the biggest rapper in the world what the heck do i do right now this is crazy i'm desperate in my task if i could just get the rest of this shit off my chest again stuck in this slump can't think of nothing fuck i'm stumped but wait here comes something nope it's not good enough scribble it out and then walk on water is i'm not the biggest rapper in the world i haven't been in a long time do i still matter and it's crazy good because of that so if he's carrying that over into his album and his album is all about like does this matter i'm very excited for it because if it's like his last gasp and this could be his last album I hope he goes all in. He's like, this is everything that I stand for. This is everything I believe. I've made a bunch of crazy choices. I've learned a lot in this industry. But I want to say something before I go. That could be really good. On the other hand, like you say, Jay, he could just be totally 
lost. He doesn't. He can't see anymore what is important because things aren't happening to him in the same way. So he can't say, "Yo, my ex-wife is making my life a living hell. This is how I feel about it. Here's three songs." It's just I have a bunch of money. I have a record label. I'm worried about having partnerships with the NFL and taking care of Detroit, kind of. Again, these are things that you could make a really good album about. But Eminem doesn't have a track record of doing that. He doesn't make social issue albums. He doesn't, he's not going to make a damn or a pimp, uh, <laughs> pimp a butterfly. He just, he's like, here's a single. Hope you like it. F the president. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, I think there's a lot of promise. I would love if this song was not on the album. Um... Because, again, like the heart part four, I hope it just sets the tone for what to expect. But it is a Beyonce feature, so I wouldn't be shocked. It's definitely going to be on the album. (laughs) That being said, that being said, I wish, I wish, what's, what's happening is that, so Eminem has the people around him, right? So he specifically mentions Deshaun on this track. Which is Proof's first name, for those who don't know. So when when I think about who is around him that he trusts and cares about, um, it's, a, it's not a huge circle of people. And it's all people who came up knowing Eminem's original style and also came up on the same era of hip-hop. And I wish Eminem would just sit down and talk to Kendrick. Sit down and talk yes. to Kanye. Sit down and talk to a bunch of other artists that have run with this idea that hip-hop, any given rap song can be about more than just the song, that there is a bigger statement, that there's a bigger message, that there is a bigger narrative that is running, and that you can just become a part of that narrative. And that in and of itself can be a super valuable contribution um, and can lead into a rich, meaningful, Grammy-worthy, though that's <laughs> worth shit, apparently, to Eminem, um, album. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and that's, that's something that I think Eminem really doesn't have much guidance on. And because he's Eminem, he probably is never going to go seek it. And so... As excited as that Walk on Water has me, I'm prepared to be disappointed by this album. That's fair. Because his musical reference points haven't changed in 15 years. He's still, like, even in Walk on Water, he's like, I'm not Nas, I'm not Rakim. I'm not LL Cool J, who hasn't been dope in, I don't even know how long, okay? He's Mr. NCIS now. But the fact that he used his name in a line that's like, I'm not godsent like El Cool J. It's like, oh, bro. You know, so that maybe is a red flag. But that's those are also his heroes, you know? And he hasn't let the NCIS El Cool J ruin that for him. And I think that's cool. There are a lot of people that I look up to who have changed. I'm like, I still love you, though, because what you did for me. And that's fine. But if he's still, like, going to Dr. Dre to be like, yo... Filling the gaps in my album, it's like, Dre's not relevant anymore, bro. Like, you need to adapt or you're going to die. Like, talk to Kendrick. Like you said, Kendrick is a dude who has a lot of reference points from a bygone era, but he knows how to marry that with something that is contemporary and relevant. Kanye is a guy who's, like, still worked with Pete Rock and dudes like that, but he's like, yo, Metro Boomin', what's up, bro? (laughs) You know, like, he knows how to marry sounds together. So if you're going to be retro, and Eminem is nothing but retro because he still wears... Sean John jeans and hoodies and sometimes a do-rag which is problematic but whatever um but he so that's cool you can do that you know Jay-Z is still kind of retro in a lot of ways but you need to who is Eminem's successor he doesn't have one even musically he has no successor so you need to be involved in the youth culture you need to be involved in what is relevant in rap or you're going to die and no one is going to care so I hope he's thinking about all that stuff with this album, or I, hope, I hope he has been because I think it's coming out next week or very soon afterwards. Anyway, so that was a, a very long-winded discussion about Eminem. Um, but I think we both have high hopes for the album coming out, but are willing to accept that it might not be as dope as we want it to be. Um, but maybe Eminem is one of our reference points that we're just never going to get past because he did so much for us. But we want good things for him. 
So with that, that concludes our discussion on Eminem. Um, well wishes to our dude. Uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, until next time, this has been Brown Kids. Matt Woody, cuz. We out.